Author and medium Lisa Busson talks about techniques for hearing the voice of spirit, spirit's humor, and having no fear in spirit communication. Welcome to the Spirit and Energy Podcast. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Dan Johnson and you're listening to episode 14 of the Spirit and Energy Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Performance Mastery Coaching and Consulting and Vibrational Intelligence Intuitive Readings. Visit performancemastery.com and vibrationalintelligence.com. You can subscribe to the Spirit and Energy Podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit spiritandenergypodcast.com. Today's guest is Lisa Busson. Lisa is an author and a remarkable medium who tells it like it is in her readings and in her conversation about mediumship. I've known Lisa for a number of years from taking mediumship classes together and from doing public mediumship demonstrations together. Lisa's here to talk about ways to strengthen our mediumship clairaudiently, meaning how we can better hear the voice of spirit. We'll also talk about how spirit often brings humor into their communication with us and how we can have fun with our mediumship. We also touch on the importance of having no fear when communicating with spirit. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Now, one of the things I said in my introduction is that I appreciate about you is that you're very down to earth and kind of tell it like it is. There's no uh, putting on airs. There's nothing we have to guess about you. What you see is what you get. I really appreciate about that and your mediumship style. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it, you're right. I am what I am. To try to put on airs or to be someone else or more important. No, no, no. I'm just the girl next door that does weird things. Speaking of weird things, you know, some people say, you know, I was born with the gift of of connecting with spirit and I'm special because this is a gift. Other people say, you know, I wasn't born with this. This is something I wanted to do and I practiced and I became good at it. For you, how did you first start experiencing spirit and those who have crossed over? Mm, you know what? I'm in the in the agreement that I'm no one special. I personally believe that just about anybody can do this. Now, of course, what work you put into it, you're going to get out of it. Um, but I think everybody at least is clairsentient because we're mammals. Now, for me, I started seeing spirit first when I was about four. I start seeing people coming out of my closet as a little girl. They would like come up to my bed and bump my bed, you know, so I could actually physically feel it too. And I slept for ages, probably years underneath the covers. Because of that, my clairvoyance today, you know, clear psychically seeing spirit is not as uh, sharp as the clairaudience or clairgustians or clairalliance, all those other clairs that we have. However, I see things internally, not externally, where I, when I was a child, I would see things externally. So it all started back then, w weird seeing weird stuff and knowing things that I shouldn't know. And yeah, so I was a weird kid too. <laughs> As a child, did that freak you out? Were you the only one in the family who saw these things? You know, it's funny because as a child, I was you know, a little one. So I would, re I remember yelling to my mom, 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 there's people in there, especially men. And 
because knowing, you know, the stories, I was very shy around men. And she would, my mother was very direct and very, like, no-nonsense broad. She'd open up the door, Lisa, be quiet, there's no one here. And she'd slam the door. Well, eventually, when you, st- you just start talk, stop talking about them because it would make people mad. So I did. I just stopped talking about them. Now, come to find out, I was about 12. I was walking through the kitchen and my mom was doing something and she had this epiphany come over her. And she stopped with a stunned look on her face and said to me, I'm psychic, you know. And so I know that my mom was intuitive. My sisters are intuitive, although they're more on the scientific level. You know, they're more left brain than I am. And my kids are more left brain than I am. However, they're also very intuitive. So obviously, I guess I just pulled the straw that was the right length or whatever, you know, and I got hit over the head with all of it. So that's me. Between the ages of four and 12, though, before your mom said, hey, you know, I'm psychic. How did you stay cool with this? How did you maintain your sanity? Or did it just become so commonplace that you're like, oh, no big deal. There are the people in the closet again. <laughs> no, no. Actually, after after probably, you know, about a year or two years, I'd say the people stopped coming out of the closet. I guess just like anything, if you stop inviting people in, they stop coming, right? Or either I turned it off effectively. Now, I remember around the age of 6 being in the front yard all by myself in this this is really weird. Like a breeze came over me. And I knew in that breeze that we lived many lifetimes and that there was more than one lifetime to get it correct. And I remember seeing and feeling so at peace with that. And I knew that that was a higher power. We were not raised with church upbringing, but I knew that that was God. So that knowingness or whatever. and. Um, like little experiences, like when I was about 10, I would say we were driving from Michigan where I grew up down to Florida. And when we got to about Kentucky, I remember getting so excited because I remember this great big barn with a huge weather vane, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a mile down the road and I had never been there before. And sure enough, there it was beyond the berm. And, uh, I remember my parents both turning around, looking at me like, Oh my God, she's a freak. You know, so eventually you learn to just take those occurrences in hand and be quiet about them. You know, you don't talk about the weird woo-woo stuff. You just don't. And to this day, you know me, I'm not one to say, well, I do this and I do that and I could do this and I've done that. And no, 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 no. I, I keep it quiet. You know, those who need to know will know. And that's just the way I am. I've always... And I don't want to call it humility because that sounds kind of egotistical, to be honest with you. But I've just learned from experience all the way through my childhood. Keep it quiet. Just for those listening who might have children having similar experiences, what would you recommend for kids who may not have the support system from their parents or having psychic experiences, but it throws them in a way that, you know, they need some kind of support or some place mm-hmm. to talk about it. How would you what would you recommend to folks in that situation? Well, luckily today there's so many mediumship shows and it's so prevalent now. 
And I do work with quite a few kids that are very intuitive. Um, and actually, I work with the parents on how to deal with this, how to deal with them and how to support them, like the terminology to use, that type of thing. So, and it's not necessarily how to grow and build the gift, but how to make it mainstream so that what they run into isn't frightening to them. Because I myself, I was often frightened by some of the stuff that I would run up against. Knowing now what I ran up against could easily be explained because what I would get would not be literal. Most of it would be symbolic. So if I could help the child to understand that and the parents teaching the parents how to guide and maneuver around these obstacles that the child might face, that's, that's the big thing right off the bat, right? And first of all, to let them know that they're actually normal. That's the biggest thing. Speaking to spirit is as natural as everything else. It's yeah. socialization and other rules that are placed on it that make it seem weird, but it's the most natural thing that folks can do. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I can see how that'd be a big, big step in helping people feel comfortable with what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Before we're taught that ghosts and spirit and spirit guides and all of that stuff doesn't exist, many children talk to the people who are in their home right? Their grandma, grandpa, what have you, because they don't know any different. It's usually the parents that are getting freaked out and they say, oh, no, 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 talk like that. If you can help the parents, help educate the parents in this. And again, like I said, because it's so prevalent now that at least the parents are aware of it being a possibility, even if they themselves have not experienced it, so they have trouble believing, but they're entertaining the possibility of something greater or something else, a different frequency. It's helpful. Earlier, you mentioned that because we're mammals, that humans are clairsentient, which means they can, they can feel things or they feel things mm-hmm. in their body or they can experience spirit mm-hmm. through their body. How do you get your messages from spirit today? Well, more often than not, it is something clairaudiently. So I'm hearing spirit clairvoyantly. Yes. Everyone's greatest and strongest Claire is clairsentience. So I believe that everything that comes through for us, whether we see it, hear it, smell it, taste it, it's all filtered through the clairsentience. You know, if I'm shown an apple, how do I feel about that apple? Do I feel good about the apple or do I not feel good about the apple? So that's really your clairsentience is going to color everything because first and foremost, we're mammals. We are taught that, well, we don't even have to be taught it, but we automatically feel about things, about people, about places. We automatically feel that. You know, we judge uh, someone by how we feel about them. Maybe not how they look, but how we feel about them. So for me, that's the way it is. And I find that very, very strong in other people as well. One of the ways of experiencing spirit that I personally don't think gets enough airplay or as much attention is clear audience being able to hear spirit, whether that's mm. <clears throat> you hear it inside your head or you might even hear uh, something outside of you in that moment. So much of TV is focused on clairvoyance, meaning mm-hmm. seeing things, seeing dead people and seeing those figures moving around. 
And a lot of folks feel, well, I don't do that. So I must not be intuitive or I must not be a medium or I must not be psychic. There are many other different ways. Like you mentioned, they all work together. But the clear audience piece is what I'm intrigued about. So when you hear things, how do you experience hearing that? Is it something inside your head? Is it something outside of you? How do you experience hearing spirit? I hear spirit both inside and outside my head. Very often, and I think your average listener can relate to hearing songs in their head over and over and over. It might be just a a phrase or like a sentence or something like that in the song. And very often, if I know the phrase, I can look it up on YouTube because I may not know the the whole song. So I might look it up and, and look up the lyrics, and then I'll find the message from spirit there. Sometimes the, for instance, as an example, one time I was staying overnight on the Queen Mary. Oh my gosh, the place is so inhabited. It's awesome. Anyways, the first night, I kept on hearing footsteps in my room outside my head. I heard psst in my ear, right in my ear, freaked me out. <laughs> And I kept on hearing music playing outside my head. Well, there was music playing outside my head because they had piped music. However, there was also music playing clear audiently for me. So I always had like two songs, you know, kind of like the the case of uh, uh, mental illness here. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just weird. So sometimes, yes, sometimes inside my head, sometimes outside my head. And for me, Just recently, maybe about the last two years, I've discovered a huge difference between clairaudience and claircognizance, where for me, claircognizance is like a word that will just pop in. Clairaudience for me can be a whole paragraph. So I have to sit there and wait for spirit to tell me the paragraph or tell me the the whole phrase or the whole story before I can pass it along. So there's a big difference there. There's a real big difference. And there's a lot of confusion there, I think, for many people about the difference between clairaudience and claircognizance. And when we say claircognizance, that's about clear knowing. Correct. So it's like a knowingness Mm -hmm. in reference to clairaudience where we feel like we're actually hearing something or hearing the voice of spirit. Correct. When you hear the voice of spirit... What does it sound like for you? Does it sound like a whisper? Do different spirits have different voices? Is it the same voice, but you get a sense it's coming from a different person? What's the quality of what you hear? Great question. That's a great question. When the voice is inside my head, it sounds like me reading a book silently. So this is where many people have difficulty differentiating between the voice of spirit and their own ideas. A couple of the things I describe to my students, for instance, is you might think of something wacky off the wall and you think, where on earth did that come from? And you know it's not you, so it's probably spirit, and it probably is. Then at the same time, what happens when it's inside my head, just through experience, There's a different energetic vibration. I can feel the difference now. When at first I really couldn't, I thought it was just my own ideas. So over time, the the thought process then has a vibratory rate to it. The outside voices have different tones, different qualities like male or female or high-pitched speaking quickly, speaking very slowly, that type of, just like you would talk to anyone else, they're going to have a different voice. Pretty weird, I know. 
No, I find that very cool because I think each person who's developed Clear Audience might have a slightly different experience, and that's that's all okay. We're all unique. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm hearing you speak, I'm thinking about how I hear Clear Audiently, and going back to your piece about how we're all filtering things through Clear Sentience, how we feel. You know, I'll hear a voice, but somehow I'll feel it's coming from a mom or feel like it's coming from a female. Mm, so yeah. different mediums have different experiences, but I think the message that I want to get across to listeners is that there are many ways of experiencing spirit and to trust the way that you're receiving it versus mm-hmm. having it the way your teacher does or someone else does. You know, one of the things I hear from people a lot in the work that I do is like, how do I know it's spirit and it's not just me making something up? <laughs> I get it. Boy, do I get it. And you know what? At first, you don't. You don't. One of the things that I tell my students is the biggest hurdle you're going to get over is not giving a darn whether you're right or not. That's the biggest hurdle because as newbies, we want to care, we care so much and it's not only, well, it might for some be their ego. They want to be right, but we want to be right for the client. We want to be right so that we can serve spirit. But that really gets in our way. So whether you're trying to interpret whether it's from yourself or from spirit, at the beginning, you might not be able to. So you have to give what you get, period. You have to give what you get. And if you're wrong, oh, well, let's play again. Let's do another game. And that's something that I've always told my students. You need to play. The more you don't care, the more you think, Woo-hoo, let's just have fun with spirit, the, the more accurate you're going to be. There is so much freedom in that because we're always taught that there's a right and there's a wrong. And, you know, of course, it's always better to be right. So that goes along with it, but it sure gets in everybody's way. It really does. Well, and I like what you say about that play, too. It's it's when you're in a playful state, then your vibration is higher Mm. and Mm -hmm. you have less of a care of being right or wrong. And it just seems to flow so much more easily. Then when you're experiencing that mediumship constipation where you're up in front of a room and you're like, oh, what is it? And you're just waiting and you're rubbing your hands and you've got that grimace on your face. It's like, that's like closing off the pipeline. When it is. You're setting that intention. Everything I'm going to get for the next half hour is coming from spirit. I'm not going to worry about it and just go with it and be mm-hmm. in that playful state. So much easier, so much more accurate and so much more fun for you. And then also the folks you're reading for. Yeah, I agree. I remember being one of those beginning mediums, you know, that's wringing my hands and trying to do everything perfectly. And it just messes everything up. Unfortunately, it does. It messes everything. Everything comes through choppy instead of flowing. And What surprised you about communicating with spirit or the spirit world? There's a few things. Whether what you're doing is right or wrong or how you're doing it is right or wrong. It's all in God's plan. So if you're floundering in anything you do, that's part of God's plan. So you're to learn from those things that we consider mistakes or we consider we could be doing a better job at. Also working with spirit, I've come to understand that there's a reason for everything. These are lessons. These are life lessons that we're to go through. And this comes through very often in someone who was a crabby old man or a woman who was just a grumpy matriarch or because they come through and they 
they tell me that I played this role for a purpose. And more than likely, of course, it's because we need to learn from them, like how to be or how not to be. And I also have learned that spirit sees just about everything. However, we have to have boundaries. Very often, I'll tell my clients, you go home and you tell your spirit, no bedrooms, no bathrooms. Or you have to understand that that you have uh, dominion over do- your domain, that kind of thing. When spirit gives you answers to questions or they bring forth information for you, it's truth. It's always truth. I've never, ever, ever had spirit lie, ever, nor have I, I have had them tease, but it's always accurate about a past event or a memory of theirs, Um, but I've never had them lie, which is, that's so refreshing. I love it. Now, of course, I might misinterpret, (laughs) but yeah, they're very truthful. I just, I love it. A couple important things that you said are, one, I want to reiterate that, you know, creating some boundaries or setting the rules that when you are working with spirit, you get to set how you're going to communicate. And so Mm. you can say, yes, no, you're in charge, I guess is what I'm trying to say. A lot of folks feel like, oh, I don't want to do that work, or I have this ability, but I'm afraid of it. It's like, you know, you're in charge, you demand, you command, you're Mm -hmm. not at the mercy, you're commanding. And that can be real uncomfortable for some folks to sit in that power. And then the other thing you mentioned about, you know, they see or are aware of everything. You know, recently I was doing a public demonstration and the message from Spirit was very playful. They can be very blue uh, in my background, they can be very blue. But the message from Spirit was, Spirit really wants you to enjoy your love life, have Mm -hmm. a ball. Yes. And the message was right on to that person. And then immediately Spirit said, well, tell her we're not watching. So I had to say, (laughs) they're not watching you but they really want you to enjoy your love life. This is yes. the time to have fun and enjoy that. And the message was right on for that recipient. She got it. She understood. But especially in a public demonstration too, you have to let folks know, you know, kind of explain a little bit. And mm-hmm. Spirit wants to be clear about that. But, you know, you're the one in charge. They might know about your love life or they might know about your finances or your relationships, but they're not really in a place to ever embarrass you or make you feel awkward or badly. They're really about messages that will help uplift. And then exactly. when you're working with spirit, you, you're in the driver's seat. With that in mind, I'm interested in a time or two when spirit has used humor when they interacted with you, whether it's humor and how they presented themselves or presented a humorous message. Oh, gosh. There's a couple of things that come to mind. One of them was I was doing a public demonstration and the spirit person directed we identified where i was going and the spirit kept on showing me pigs so i asked the the couple who i was coming to do you understand this no no i said do you understand someone having a farm no no is there a piggly wiggly is there why am i seeing there's lots of pigs after I, i said okay well let's just let it go but then at the very end the man said his name was ham (laughs) H-A-M-M, yeah, H-A-M-M, ham. And that, like, honestly, you you cannot make this stuff up, right? It's just so goofy. And then the other thing that kind of comes to mind, and it actually happened just this this Saturday, public dem, and it's been happening now for probably about a year. Well, every once in a while, spirit will say, 
I'm a crabby old man. However, if you're aware of who Jeff Dunham is, the ventriloquist, he has one of his puppets is named Walter, a crabby old man. Well, then spirit then starts showing me Walter or they start giving me the name Walter. So now I never know because I give everything literally at first. I have to say, do you understand the name Walter? They'll say no. So then I have to go through the shmeel of, okay, so he's calling himself a crabby old man. So I have to tell them about the story about Jeff Dunham. And spirit do this kind of weird, funny stuff to me all the time. It's kind of like playing mental charades. It is. That when you're, that's how spirit can communicate with us. And mm-hmm. how, how could you get across it to someone when you're not able to just whisper literally in their ear all those words? And so that, when you think of it that way, it's like there's so many very creative ways that spirit can get that message it, across. And it's, it's awe inspiring. Yes. Yeah. So, I, of course, again, on Saturday, I heard the name Walter. So I thought, oh boy. And then also, I don't know how you get this, but just within the last year or so, see, I've been working almost 30 years professionally and I'm still getting new stuff, which is, I love it. With your 30 years of working with spirit, what has working with spirit taught you? Ooh, taught me personally. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, I might get a little waxing poetic here because I always know that there's a bigger picture and I know that when we talk about the universe and the universal oversoul and all that kind of stuff, I know that without each one of us, the universe would be a completely different place. And a lot of, you know, no matter how small we are, how small we believe we are, without each one of us, it affects. We know, for instance, like when someone passes away that we love, how much that affects not only just our family, but our extended family and the friends of the friends for instance, if like my neighbor passed away, and I didn't know this neighbor really well, but you know, you mourn them a little bit and you remember them. So when you remember them, you then start bringing out this energy, you know, your aura changes and your aura changes everybody that you encounter, right? So it's like an energetic uh, network, I guess you'd say. And then also is that because we're simply part of a whole, no one is different or no one is better than somebody else. It takes, it's almost like it takes a village, you know, everybody has their role to play and everyone can learn from the role someone else's, someone else plays. If you sit there and think about it, it's so much bigger than, than what our little pea brains can figure out. So working with spirit, one of the benefits is it gives you a larger worldview. You see things through a different lens. You actually Mm. see everyday life in a different lens about what really is happening, what's really important, and you see the big picture. And that gives you a bigger sense of freedom and connection when you're able to view life through that lens. That's a really good way to look at it, Dan. For instance... When we encounter something or someone that we find distasteful or that we are judgmental about, in all reality, we should then turn it inward. Your question should then be like, why am I judgmental about this? What what is that trying to teach me about myself? You know, if you look at yourself as a bigger piece of the whole, as part of the spiritual world, then what is it about you that you need to improve? or change or 
leave, you know, set aside. Yeah, people often think that once you, let's say you have a psychic ability or you're a medium, they think that that makes life easier. But <laughs> when in fact, you become more aware and you're more in tune, you can be highly sensitive and sensitized, but but True. it doesn't necessarily make life all rosy too. But you yes. do get to see it through a different place. And one of the things Spirit has taught me is that the universe is always working in my favor. Mm -hmm. And when I go through life with that lens, when there's something I see that I don't like, it's like, what is this reflecting back to me about something in myself I don't like? Mm -hmm. Or is this an opportunity to express who I really am in the situation when I don't like how others are being? How do I choose to be? But when you can look at life through that lens, that the universe is always working in my favor, then that really opens up doors and different perspectives and really raises your energy. So for each person, it's different, but it does change your view and experience of the world. Mm -hmm. And getting back to the sensitive piece, mediums and psychics can be highly sensitive. And I'm not always grounded. And sometimes I get a little woo-woo and uh, off kilter, if you will. And my, thank God I have a partner like you. My husband is very grounding and very down to earth. And sometimes you just need to soak up that energy, you know, so a good big hug <laughs> helps immensely. That, honestly, that's who my husband is to me is my trees, my grounding, mm -hmm. like a grounding rod. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think it's important for those doing this work or exploring this work to really have that sense of groundedness, centeredness, or find an activity or people or both that gives you that peace because it's, it's, it helps you be better as a medium or psychic, but also helps you balance your life and see things in perspective. I love it. Yeah, it's true. Related, it is true. Related to that is how you recharge your batteries. So how do you recharge your batteries? By getting out of the energy, intentionally getting out of the energy. So through practice and through taking classes and learning about how to control this gift, you learn how to tune it down, turn the volume down. You can never really turn it off because we're always connected to heaven and earth, but we can turn it down. And for me, when I really need to disconnect, I go outdoors. Uh, my husband and I love to golf. We go walking. I meditate. Um, I love the water, anything having to do with the water, even if I'm just sitting next to it. Um, I sew, I paint. So anything that has to do with physical aspects of my life, anything that has to do with a physical where I can focus on something completely different, it helps. Even just removing myself from that scenario. You know, if I'm out traveling for work or what have you, a lot of times, like, I won't stay in a certain location because of that, or I'll just make sure that I, whatever I do, I remove myself. Eating steak is a big, is a big one. I'm not, a, I'm not a big steak eater. I might eat like a couple ounces, but that's enough for me to disconnect. And to be honest mm -hmm. with you, that's one of the reasons why I don't eat meat prior to doing a demonstration because it kind of pulls my energy into my stomach instead of into my upper level, upper chakras. Even if you just stick your feet in sand, let the waves right. wash over you or yep. put your hands in dirt or something, whatever that is. But I think that's important. And that's not something I hear often people talk about in this work, whether it's during a class or with other mediums about what they do to stay grounded. 
I like to have listeners learn from each of the podcasts. And since we've talked about clear audience, what are your thoughts about one or two things listeners can do to either develop or strengthen their own clear audience ability, their ability to hear spirit? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we went over this a little bit when I mentioned telling my students to pay attention to those random, silly, sometimes ridiculous thoughts that pop in their head to pay attention to those. If they don't want to act on them, that's fine. However, note them. Keep yourself a journal right in your notes section on your phone. What happened? What date was it? What time of the day was it? When I first started like really working professionally with this, I had to do that because I would hear, for instance, like pay attention to the red car on the left. What red car on the left? So I would write the date and the time. My mapping was always three days out, almost at the exact same location at the exact same time. So through that, through that mapping, I come to know, okay, it's three days later at this exact same time. I'm not going to be in this location. You, you have to map it to figure it out. So pay attention to all those weird, random, kooky things and map it. Then also, I tell my students to take note of everything that they're hearing. Sometimes we have to just sit, maybe sit outdoors or even in the house, because we get accustomed to our house noises. So close your eyes. Don't go into a meditative state, but relax. Take note of everything you're hearing. For instance, right now I'm sitting in my family room. I can hear the buzz of the refrigerator. I can hear the buzz of the light that's sitting next to me. And these are things like, because there are normal house noises, we don't pay attention to. If we're outside, can I hear what's going on outside? So these are things that we become accustomed to. We're on autopilot, so to speak. So we don't pay attention to what's going on. However, to build the clear audience, sometimes you need to open up those auditory muscles, if you will. And you'd be really surprised at the weird little things that you begin to hear. One of the things that I often tell clients even is, you know what? Your spirit person is telling me that they're making crazy loud noises or even very subtle noises in the house and you're not listening to it or you're not paying attention to it. And very often they'll come back and say, oh my God, I always thought that that was the the tree hitting the house or something like that. No. So things like that, that we take for granted, we dismiss because it's not bothering us. So we're not going to pay attention to it. It's usually your spirit people. To be honest with you, it usually is. If you're noticing all these little subtle little nuances, that's good. That's a really good thing. As you describe those ideas, I'm reminded that so many of us drown out the voice of spirit, especially right. clairaudiently, by always having headphones on, mm-hmm. by always having noise on, by always being distracted versus being still and allowing that voice of spirit to reach us. We drown it out with so much distraction and other noise mm-hmm. that we think we're not clairaudient when actually we are, we're just drowning that out. We have to give that opportunity. We have to have some of that quiet time to actually hear that voice of spirit. Yes. Um, Good point. Good point. Because very often, and it's not unusual, that many mediums have trouble sleeping. And some of them will turn to alcohol. 
Some of them will turn to those white noise machines to drown out the noise. Some of them will turn to drugs or whatever. And as we know, many years ago, maybe even 50 years ago or more, sometimes mediums were diagnosed as schizophrenic. When in all actuality, they were hearing and seeing spirit. So they would turn to some kind of other means to drown those things out. So, yeah, you're right. What would you say to folks who feel like, I'm afraid to hear spirit. I'm afraid to be quiet because I'm afraid of what I might hear, or I'm afraid to hear spirit. Well, one of the things that I wholeheartedly believe is that spirit are not here to frighten you. They really aren't. The information you may get may seem disconcerting, but if you look at it from the observer standpoint, very often you'll see that there's a logical explanation or a symbolic explanation for what you're hearing and or seeing or smelling or tasting or whatever. I totally understand the fear because I've been there. Spirit have told me very fearful things, but because I was unlearned, unlearned without an understanding of how to interpret the the information does seem scary sometimes but never ever ever in my 30 plus years of doing this professionally or over 50 years of doing it since I was a little girl has spirit ever told me something that I haven't been able to come along later on even and okay I totally get this now I totally understand it totally get it there's always a heads up there. So if it's something that we can do to help someone else or help ourselves, I'm sure that that's what it is. I know it is. I just know it is just through experience. If spirit is working in our favor, then what's the benefit of having this message now? And that's, that's a different way of looking mm -hmm. at it versus this is something for me to afraid of. It's like, mm, mm -hmm. this is giving me a heads up. Maybe spirit is telling me to spend more time with someone. Exactly. Or telling someone to be more careful or look twice before they cross the street. It's looking at it right. from that perspective. Mm -hmm. You really shift the energy behind how you experience that. Absolutely. Yeah. For instance, before my grandfather passed, I clarodiantly heard call grandpa. Well, I had a two and a four-year-old in the house and they were like hellions. And so I didn't have time. And then my grandpa passed away a couple of weeks later. But it had I, and really all it was, was spirit wanted me, you know, touch base with grandpa. You know, tell him you love him before he passes away. You know, um, could I have changed it? No, I could not have changed it knowing, you know, the medical history and stuff like that. And now I am in that same scenario 20, 30 years later hearing, you know what? Go spend time with your dad. So every week I go to bingo with dad. You know, it's been over a year or so and I'm and I am. I'm enjoying spending time with my dad. You know, is he going to pass? I'm not seeing it. I'm not. But. I could just spend time with my dad. When that spend time with your dad came, I knew what was happening, you know, from experience with my grandpa. And it could also mean, you know, your dad really appreciates the time he spends mm -hmm. with you and he'd like to spend more time with you. So exactly. you know, there's, there's lots of positive ways, I guess, of looking at that information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Where can listeners find you, Lisa? Oh, gosh, all over the place. If you probably the easiest is just to type in medium Lisa, it's mediumlisa.com or lisabusan.com. You can also find me by Lisa Busan. Busan is B O U S S O N. You 
can find me Lisa Busan on Facebook. Both my personal and my professional pages is, is listed that way. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram. I'm just type in Lisa Busan. <laughs> You'll find me. <laughs> You'll find me. There's one and only. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, and I'll include that. I'll include that in the show notes for Thank people as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thanks, Lisa. It's always enjoyable to chat with you. And I'm always drawn to people who are earthy, grounded, doing this work. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you, as well as your admiring your ability and your way to communicate and your clear connection with spirit, too. So it's a pleasure having you visit with us. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Dan. It's been a pleasure, as always. Love you very much. And you know what? Honestly, it takes one to know one, buddy. Yeah, you're a clear channel. and accurate and kind and just down to earth. And I love that. 